Hello and welcome to possibly the most important and greatest episode of the Cinematic Adventures podcast of all time. Because it's my birthday, motherfucker! Oh, Stuart! Yes! Party! Woo! Party! I'm Daniel, I'm here with JP. JP, what'd you bring me? Um, a princess bride conversation? Yes! What I've always wanted. Aw, I know you so well. Ah, <laughs> uh, Princess Bride has been my favorite movie since I found out that it wasn't the sequel to Princess Diaries. That is a true story. Oh, please stop telling people that. <laughs> uh, so, oh uh, yeah, Princess Bride been my favorite movie since I saw it because it's amazing in every conceivable way. Right. To clarify, you saw this movie when? Um, 2014. So five years ago. Uh huh. Amazing. Okay, so for um, point of reference, you know Fred Savage, the kid who's in the movie? Yep. He's like a year older than me. <laughs> so I saw the movie at his age. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, <laughs> it is the job of every uh, film fan to make sure that they see the, uh, good films. But specifically, it is the job of me to make sure that every single person on Earth sees The Princess Bride. Well, that's a tall order. Uh-huh. Luckily, we have a podcast. This is true. So as long as we get every single person on Earth to listen to our podcast, they'll know to see The Princess Bride. That's that's still a pretty tall order. <laughs> I mean, there are 380 million people in the United States alone. That's a lot of people. And then, in the you know, U.S. and, you know, people. So... Not even close. We're not even in the top three, I don't think. So that's a lot of people. We have at least seven listening. Hi, seven people. <laughs> seven out of seven billion? There's more than seven billion people. But yeah, we won't <laughs> count the baby. We'll just count like, I don't know, of a certain age. Whatever age you need to count so that there's only seven billion. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so... How do you want to tackle this? Because it's a big movie, but also a small movie, but also a sweet movie, but also an important movie, but also a little movie, but also a huge movie. It's, I feel it's like you're. Once. I feel like you might be broken. Um, did Star Wars hurt you? Did Star Wars break you? I feel like we Star broke. Wars. The only yeah. movie I can think that exists is Princess Bride. So, um, keep that enthusiasm because next week you're rewatching the sequels. Um, don't know what so, you're talking about. Right. Uh, okay. So <laughs> let's start with the fact. Let's start with the end because why not? Let's start with the fact that you know that like homeboy died, right? Just uh, throwing out spoilers from the beginning. Uh, I know he died in the book. Uh, it's left open-ended whether or not they died in the movie, but I know that um, all three of them died in the book because they like they they stopped bleeding out. Everything was terrible, etc. <laughs> The book is much more cynical uh, uh-huh. than the movie, so I, be- I I think that the they lived in the movie, but because it's the kind of movie where that happens, but it, they died in the book. I have not read the book, however, I'm the talking book's fantastic. about fantastic. I'm talking about the movie. In the movie, 
Um, Inigo, well, he's he's totally dead. <laughs> like, oh yeah, he got real. stabbed in the side. But they, but they, um... multiple times. He was, he was like, remember Cal Regan at the end, like hit him. So aside from the death blow, which he admitted was a death blow, because he was like, he tells his father, like, I failed you. And then he gets up and kills him. But so like that wound alone would kill him. But in the meantime, he still gets stabbed like two more times. He was stabbed remember, multiple times. This is a um this is a fairy tale and it doesn't need to make medical sense. There's a line in this movie which is which where the grandfather who's reading um this book to William is like, Hey, you're not taking this too seriously, are you? Like, <laughs> you need to relax. Well, you seem to be like taking women, it way too serious. Yeah, yeah, he stops and he's like, She doesn't die. And he's like, What? And he doesn't even realize when they, they show him, he doesn't realize that he's leaning completely forward and he's clutching his sheets, like, oh, whatever. That's why his grandfather was like, Yeah, calm down. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. I I think we should we should cover this by like what happens with Carrie and um, everyone else in the fairy tale story, and also what happens with the grandfather and Fred Savage? You just cut out. You just we're, cut out while you were saying that. Okay, cool. We're splitting it up. We're going to talk about the grandfather okay. and Fred Savage first, because when oh. I heard about the Princess Bride and everyone was showing these gifts and being like, "You got to fucking watch the Princess Bride, dude. You're an idiot, right?" And the and oh. I <laughs> and I saw the Princess Bride, what I didn't expect to see was a fucking video game, right? It was like the very beginning? Yeah, because I was like, wait, what? I had no idea about this framing device at all. I thought that it was just a fairy tale. <laughs> it is a fairy tale, but it's told through, you know, a grandfather talking to his grandson who's homesick. Exactly. I had no idea that that was going to happen. It's a genius framing <laughs> device. Based on the book, because the book is called, um, the book is not called The Princess Bride. The book is called The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern's uh, classic tale of love and high adventure, The Good Parts Abridged Version um, by William Goldman. Okay. (laughs) The premise of The Princess Bride, the book, is the fact that his father or in the movie, his grandfather read to him the Princess Bride and skipped over all the shit bits. <laughs> right? Which like is the pretty prin- much what happened in the movie. Exactly. So it's a great translation from um, the book to the movie. Because in the book, the Princess Bride has uh, about 140 chap- uh, pages dedicated to Buttercup's etiquette lessons. And his dad just skipped over that bit. So he cut it out. That was it's, nice of him. Yeah, it's genius the fact that um that this was uh that he the premise of the Princess Bride is the Princess Bride is a shit book. <laughs> um I don't know if it's a shit book. It's just a overly wordy book. Yeah, but no, um William Goldman, who wrote, who abridged the book, is like, no, it was terrible. It's a terrible book, it was badly paced, it was Terrible in every way. What you're reading currently, dear readers, is the good parts. <laughs> Which is genius so, because the Princess Bride isn't a real book. He just wrote it. Mm-hmm. So that whole framing device is brilliant and it translates really well to the movie. <laughs> Indeed. Um, 
as far the reason why I love this movie is because for a frame of reference, like for uh, not frame of reference, but um, when you watch a movie, there's always like an anchor character, right? The character that you identify with, the character that you that like that brings you into the adventure. And for me, it's Fred Savage. Oh my because god, me I, too. And um, because I was just like, like I was like I said, I was his age when the movie came out. And just like him, I was like, is this a kissing book? <laughs> like, exactly. I I, I, the when they said that, I'm like, this is for every boy in the fucking audience that is like, I don't watch girly movies. I want to see, uh, I want to see action movies. I want to see men without their shirts punching each other. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I think there were signs that I was gay when I was like seven. Come to think. Yeah. Of we're just going to remind everyone that you were an adult when you watched this because uh-huh. that would have been disturbing <laughs> anyway um <clears throat> so here's the thing uh so we took a break uh this week from sexy space pirates so now oh, we have sexy regular pirates yeah motherfucker carrie elwis <laughs> sexy pirate dressed as zorro you are determined to say that phrase Every single week this month, aren't you? God, I know it annoys you. Just all the time. You say it. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we get it. Move on. Stop bringing me sexy pirates. Oh, again. <laughs> Fortunately, Star Wars, the sequels, doesn't have sexy space pirates, as you put it. So hopefully... <laughs> You won't be able to say it next week, but you damn sure won't be able to say it the following week when we talk Christmas movies. Nah, now we got sexy Santa Claus. <sighs> okay. <laughs> uh, I kid because it annoys you. So, um, so we have Fred Savage and his grandfather. They're reading this book. He's skipping over all the boring bits. Uh, uh-huh. I, I appreciate that they, they did a thing where it's like they showed the scene happening and then the grandfather is like, okay. And then he goes back because he forgot and then he skips over it and we see the... My the favorite part was when she's just like... Well, not favorite. I just like this part. When she's like sitting and she's like hanging out in the water like waiting for him to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, he's like, okay. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. And she's just like kind of hanging out waiting for him to figure out where he is. <laughs> and he's like, the charges. And like you could see everybody like... Like, okay, keep up. Like, where where do we go? Okay, now we can go back into the action. I love that. Oh, yes. The screeching eels. <laughs> this, this movie either gets better or worse when you imagine the grandfather's voice for every character because that's how it works. Because he's reading the book. Well, that's Wesley, the thing. Like, when I was Wesley a kid, and I are bound by the, by the somethings of love. <laughs> like, when I was a kid, that's how... <laughs> was like originally trying to watch it but you get sucked into the story and you forget it's you so get like like five minutes into him telling the story even though you hear his gruff voice giving the care you know giving the play-by-play once they actually start talking you forget and you're sucked in and you're taken away is it um is it deadpool that had that gag where no it was ant-man ant-man had the gag where the guy recapped everything that was happening and all the cat all the characters had his voice. Yeah. That's the one gag they missed. Although Deadpool did do a special with a grown-up Fred Savage. Where he kidnapped him and was like, we're going to do the PG version of this. It's for the studio. Don't worry about it. 
It's so funny. I love it because Fred Savage was like, because he says something about a Marvel movie, and he's like, yeah, but you're not real Marvel. <laughs> I love it. That was a funny movie. It's like a, it's a commercial for Deadpool 2, the PG version, the PG-13 version. Yeah. Which I see, but um, yeah, um, you should look at so the trailer. So it's not just a commercial. Movie. It's not just a commercial. That's how the framing device is. In the movie. For Deadpool 2? In the, the, in the movie, version? yeah, in the movie Deadpool 2, uh, uh, the PG version, uh, Deadpool kidnaps Fred Savage, and that happens in the oh, movie. I yeah. didn't know this. Okay, I thought it was just a trailer for it. I didn't see, I didn't, I, I'm sadly, I have to admit, I didn't bother to see Deadpool 2 again because I'd already Neither seen did it. Neither did I. Because and I was like, hey, do I want to see a watered version. down version? Like, that's stupid. So I just passed. I was like, I've already seen the movie. I don't need if to see it. If you've seen the Princess Bride's uh, scenes on YouTube, then you've seen the good parts of the PG movie. Okay, so then I did, still didn't miss anything. Yeah, so, it's, right. fine. it's just an edited down version. But the fact that they used the Princess Bride and they got the set fucking back, it's brilliant. And Fred Savage is like a 45-year-old man like, instead of the 8-year-old <laughs> boy that he was. It's That's genius. the best. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> Oh god, I love I love this movie and everything that happens, and I'm so glad that everyone else loves it too. Because I I don't want to constantly defend movies I like because I'm weird. I'm like, yes, finally, you guys are on board. <laughs> oh yeah, you constantly try to make me defend movies because you're weird. Yes, yes, I am. Um, so we have Carrie Ellis, and we have uh, we have. <laughs> We have the three guys, um, Inigo Montoya and... Inigo Montoya. How uh, do you not pronounce it? says it over and over and over again. Hello, my name, my name is, is Inigo Montoya. You killed my you father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! <laughs> I love it. Great, <laughs> great thing, because he says it over and over again. It's like, ah, oh, so annoying. You're distracting me. <laughs> so I love that we get the visual gag of them being in height order. It's very funny. In height order? Yeah, from shortest to to tallest. We have um, Vincini, Inigio, and Fezic. Uh-huh. It's so, so good. <laughs> um, so, quick little interjection. You know, the guy who plays um, who plays Prince Humperdinck, uh-huh. Chris Sarandon, yeah. he is where Susan Sarandon got her last name. Oh, cool. He, he's her ex-husband. She was, I think her original last name was like Thompson or Thomas, something like that. But when she had a very young age, she married Chris Sarandon. So she changed her name to Susan Sarandon and then became famous and got a divorce. She to keep her, husband's, her ex-husband's last name. Yeah. She kept God the name, it. but nothing else. <laughs> yeah, but it's a good name. It's Susser. So uh, it does, but I. That sounds annoying. <laughs> um, and I went to uh, I went to uh, Comic Con or Supernova, one of those, and uh, um, I, w- I wasn't going to go. And then my sister's like, "Hey, Carrie Elwes is there," and I'm like, "Fuck everything," and I. <laughs> Just emptied my bank account. I got um, I got an As You Wish t-shirt and then a token for a photo with him and a um, and the book that he wrote and an autograph for that book. 
Wow. Uh-huh. It cost me all of the money that I had in my bank account, but it was so worth it. <laughs> well, that's good. So you got a picture. It's exactly, yeah, it's exactly the kind of picture that you'd expect from a Comic-Con. He's in a leather jacket, wearing sunglasses, hair slicked back. I am a fucking dork. <laughs> so your usual self. Yeah, but it's it's the perfect photo because he's way cooler than I am, and he knows it. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. He also did a um a Q and A for um at the convention. Uh huh. And so I saw the, I basically followed him around all day. I saw the Q and A. I got an autograph, and then I got a photo. That took about four hours to do everything there and then i was like what else am i gonna do i don't know buy shit so i bought some shit uh okay. yeah what were the what were the answers that he gave uh they basically the stuff from his book uh he wow. talked about um I, he talked about sore about being in sore because someone's like i gotta bring up something other than princess bride Okay, with your Australian accent, I had no idea you said saw because it sounded like you said sore. And I'm like, what the hell is sore? And then I realized, no, no, that's just you talking funny. You said saw. <laughs> like, you throw an R on the end of everything. And I'm just, like, so confused till I, like, translate it in English into, like, American. And then I'm like, oh, this is the word, not that word. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, that is yeah. your weekly Daniel's accent is funny moment. <laughs> You're um, all right. Remember Saw? I thought it was a really good movie. And then the second one came out. And then it just like each movie kept getting more gory. And I'm like, okay, we're good. By at the fourth least, one, I was like, I'm not paying for that. Um, at least it's honest. I like honest movies. Like, you know that you'll like Saw by the trailers and not. And they don't try and hide how gory it is. True. Um, but what, like, to me, the first one had a message. But after that, it was, it just was crap. The first one also didn't have gore in it. They had, it had implied gore. It did, because he sawed off his own leg. Yeah, but we didn't see much of it. That's the yeah, point. That's it was no on screen. It had, because gore, this, the movies after that, to me, were gore for the sake of gore and there was no i think it's referred to as torture porn yeah which who the hell wants that like did no 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 but i liked the first one okay so we're getting off track back to the princess bride so we got the princess bride uh what Mm -hmm. do you think of said princess bride princess buttercup i could not stand her as a kid okay to me she was everything that made women seem weak. Like, okay, like with, with the R-O-U-S's, when Wesley's <laughs> a rat, she's just like, Aah! and like running away. And I'm like, bitch, grab the sword, help him. What are you doing? I No, I couldn't stand her. Ugh, I couldn't. And, and on top of that, like I, even though I'm a girl, as a little kid, no little kid likes the mushy stuff. So I'm like, hey, I'm like, is this a kissing book? And then, you know, when they get to the kiss, I'm like, ah, stop it. And then, you know, when he, <laughs> in the very beginning, when he was like, and what she, you know, that day she was surprised to realize that when he said, as you wish, what he really meant was, I love you. And then they she realized. They did chores until things got spicy. 
Yeah. Then she realized she loved him too. And then like suddenly there's romance. And I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> when I was a kid, <laughs> I was like, why don't you just say it? What is with this like fucking with them by like giving them random shit to do? Why don't you be like, hey, I kind of like you. What the hell's wrong? <laughs> like, I just, I'm a very direct person. So I don't like all the playing games and shit. And I was like eight years old, nine years old. Like, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. So, yeah, I'm eight years old. I know what romance is. No. Well, no, I don't. I didn't like romance. That was my point. Okay. But, um, this was not a good movie for you to watch. Her, like seeing her and like during the adventure, I was like, like I was team Wesley, our team Dread Pirate Roberts the whole time. Because like, when she, like, I didn't like when he was, like, going to slap her because of a penalty when a woman lies. And I'm like, what do you do when a man lies? But then when. And throws him overboard. What? He stabs him and throws him overboard. That's in the book. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, but then when they're in the fire swamp, she's just, like, total damsel in distress. I'm like, can this bitch not help herself at all? Like, I couldn't stand her. I couldn't. I hated, I hated her so much. Hated Buttercup. My favorite part about the fire swamp was when he could time it. Um, My favorite part about the fire swamp was when he could time it and be like, one, two, three, and move her. But yeah, she was useless. In the book, right, she's just as useless. But then uh, Will and Goldman is like, um, that he doesn't suspect that their relationship will last because when when her looks start to go, uh, he'll realize she's an idiot. Yeah, see, that's my point. She the book has, has this self-awareness about Buttercup being pretty and not much else. Exactly. And that's what I couldn't stand. Like, to me, she was everything wrong. Okay, you know how, like, nowadays there's this whole hubbub about what a strong female character is? It's the opposite huh? of this bitch. That's what a strong female <laughs> character is. Do everything she everything that she did, do the opposite. That's a fucking strong female character. That answer, I've solved the riddle. That answers the question. <laughs> character is a character that does the exact opposite of everything Buttercup did in The Princess Bride. I hated her so much as a little girl. What about Because I'm like, you know, I don't really see how anything's changed. Um, yeah, I know. But like, so you just said as a little girl. So I'm like. Because I saw the movie as a kid. I know. I, when did this movie come out? 87. Yeah, I was nine. So, yeah, that's how old I was when I saw this movie. And when I saw it, I was just like, fuck Buttercup. She's an idiot. She could have helped. Like, at any point. Could have hit that rat. Oh, my gosh. She should have killed the rat. She's yeah. just standing there. Oh, 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 Wesley. I'm like, this. somebody shoot this bitch. I hated her so much. They now, wanted, they wanted I her just, to, um, they wanted her, they wanted to do the, the fairy tale structure. Well, you got the damsel in distress and the knight in shiny armor uh, set up, but uh, yeah, stab the stab the rat. Like you can be in out of your head with the fire swamp or whatever, and have Wesley save her a bunch, but also stab the fucking rat. It's right there. She almost does something when she picks up that log and is like, "Eh, go away." Eh. That just off the most because uh-huh. the most. Okay. The whole time she's just screaming, Wesley, Wesley. The rat starts charging after her. This thing's not fucking Usain Bolt. She could sidestep and be fine. She could climb a fucking tree. Or she could go around it and get his damn sword and stab it. Or the log that she picks up. Why is she like hitting the. She's like sweeping the bottom of her dress. Fucking hit the thing in the head. I hate her so much. 
I hate her so much. Okay, so moving on, <laughs> because I don't want to dwell on my hatred, or I will turn into Palpatine soon. Nobody wants that. So, um, the character I liked the most, like I said, was Fred Savage's, because he was my, my point of view. He was my, my anchor into this whole adventure. Um, and then I liked, um, I liked the two idiots, you know, um, Fezzik and Inigo. They're not idiots. What? They're not idiots. I defend them because they're, they're working for an asshole. The one of them is fucking great at sword fighting and he's like, speaks very eloquently. He's not stupid. And, um, Fezzik may have a, um, a short of speech pattern, but he's like, Hey. But he's emotionally mature because he's like, I, I'm just working here. I care <laughs> about you guys. I got you your fucking horses. I love the comedy in the movie where he's like, um, actually it wasn't Fezzik, but it was the man in black at the time who says, you mean I put down my sword, you put down that rock and we try to kill each other like civilized men? <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part was when they both, when, was when, um, was when Indigo and uh, Wesley uh, fought left-handed because they didn't want the fight to start to end quickly. Yeah, they they didn't. It was the only way I can be satisfied. <laughs> I, I love it. Had the same idea. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing about that I sword fight. The, the sword fight because I know something you do not know. I am not left-handed. God, he's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I can pretty much quote this movie like Me too. from beginning to end. I love it. Okay, and powder. I bet my life on it. <laughs> Which is great because it's odorless, colorless, and tasteless. So he clearly did that by process of elimination. It's odorless, colorless, and dissolves instantly in liquid. Right. So he sniffed something, smelled nothing, and was like, "Oh, the dead only body." He's, he's such a smug bastard. Was when he's when he's like getting ready to stand up, and he's like, "Hopefully the princess is still alive. If she is otherwise, I, I should be, be very, very put out. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> over the fact that his so-called love is dead. I love it. I also like that the um the characters that survive um that try and kill each other are ones that are respectful. Right. So, so Wesley, um, Inigo, and um, and Fezzik all try and kill each other at some point, but they're like they're friends because they were polite. <laughs> exactly. Well, they very, did very you know, polite action. They tried to kill each other like civilized men. <laughs> 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 I love it. Yeah, that's the best line. I'd sooner destroy a stained glass window than an artist like yourself. However. So I can't have you following me either. <laughs> <laughs> Just whacked him. Oh, God, I love this movie. We could quit yeah. the entire thing. Do you want to do that? Let's do that. <laughs> uh, we really could. Like, I honestly think, like, those four characters are the best. Um, yeah. Fesic, Inigo, and, uh, and, well... You can call him Wesley or Dread Pirate Roberts, but the funniest parts are when he's the man in black. Yeah, he's great. And also, uh, someone asked him how come no one recognized him when he was the man in black, and they said that it was Superman rules. <laughs> well, okay, so I thought about this because I've seen this movie 
you know, for over 30 years. Um, yeah, longer than you've been alive. This movie has been out longer than you have. Most movies That's, have. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, um, <laughs> Superman rules. Shut up. It's not just <laughs> Superman rules. It's the fact that, remember, she just like she says, he was like, why didn't you wait for me? She's like, well, you were dead. <laughs> you were dead and it was five years. Get over yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it. If you, even somebody that you know quite well, if you're told they're dead and then you see someone, even if they sound like that person and they have eyes a similar color, which again, he's not like, he's covered, he's like Batman. He's not like Superman. His eye, like everything is covered except for his eyes. His eyes and his chest. So you only get, the only real marker of who he is is his voice. And again, are you going to remember his voice for five years? Exactly. She doesn't have a recording of his voice. She can't listen to his voicemail over and over again. The last and also, the, when ago. he meets her, he's like, you rescued her, but also he's a bit of a dick. Exactly. And she's not like, why would she automatically think, oh, you're my dead love? But when he, she did catch on, the one thing I do like about her is that when he said as he wished, she immediately caught on. And I'm like, because when I was a kid, I thought the same thing. Like, why doesn't she know that? But then I thought about it, you know, over the years. And I was like, she wouldn't know that. She wouldn't assume, like, why would she assume that someone she heard was dead was standing right in front of her? And how the hell would she remember his voice from five years ago? Especially since the Dread Pirate Roberts has been around for 20 years. And this is Dread Pirate Roberts. Exactly. So she, of course, she would assume this is just a pirate. Coming, you know, so so it actually makes if you pay if you put yourself in that frame, it makes sense that she wouldn't know who he was until he said "as you wish," and it was I think it was it was more than just him saying "as you wish." It was like she was kind of starting to figure it out because he was like laying in on the like you're lying about being in love, and you know, like he he was very much like the entire time he attacked her, it was all over like how dare you be with this prince guy and obviously you're incapable of love. So he was like laying into that pretty heavy, which would kind of get a person to suspect like, why are you, you know, pirates tend not to give a shit about love. Why are you so, you know, why are you so hung up over who I give, like who I love or don't love? And, um, and then when he said, as you wish, she was just like, aha, that's why. And then the dumbass over two, which I would have been like, I don't know, maybe is there a slide I can make or something? No, she, no, she's like, oh my god, Wesley, oh no, I must fall over. My own words are, oh my sweet Wesley, and then she tumbles after him, which is hilarious because they're clearly not the same people. Like they've even they barely try and hide the fact that these are stunt guys. It's hilarious. Well, yeah, but I mean, nobody cares if it's a stunt guy or not. That, that reminds me, this movie's cheap. I love, and if it had like a proper budget, I don't know if it would work as well. Because it being like cheap adds to the whole aesthetic of it. Well, I think they did have a proper budget, but they didn't have like the... Okay, so this movie was filmed in the 80s when a proper budget wasn't like $100 million. And there was no CGI. A proper budget was, like, I mean, there was CGI, but not most movies didn't use it. It had to be Star Wars to use CGI. So a proper budget was like, I don't know, $100,000, $200,000. So 
So it's limited from today's eyes, but from back then it wasn't that limited. It's just that it, the the um, the person who directed it is Rob Reiner. It's a he's a very tongue in cheek person, and he wanted to tell the story tongue in cheek. He's like he's like a like a Mel Brooks but for family. <laughs> I can see that. Like a diet Mel Brooks. So it's just his directing style why it's like that. And honestly, I don't think anybody else could have done this movie and have it be the iconic film that it is because anybody else would have probably tried to make it more serious and that would not have worked. Um, this lost money. This lost a lot of money because no one knew how to advertise it. Because <laughs> do you advertise it as a fairy tale, an action movie, a um, romance, a satire, or a straight fairy tale? They had no idea, so it only made like... It's better, I think, to go with the fairy tale because the satire is in the framing, Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't wouldn't consider it a satire. Don't consider it a romance because if you consider it a romance, you remember, we're talking the 80s, you immediately make this a straight chick flick if you you say it's a romance. So don't say that it's a romance. Um... (laughs) You have dogs barking in your background? Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to ignore them. Okay. Um, so, there's, so the domestic total, which is 100%, was $30 million, uh, and it lost money. Uh, so that's fun. This lost money. They didn't know how to sell it. And then, and then it came on VHS. I remember those. I'm not that old. I'm not that young. So um, they, they had um, – it came out on VHS – and then uh-huh. people, and then everyone was like, hey, have you seen Princess Ride? Is that the sequel to Princess Diaries? That's not going to come out for 30 years. Literally like, nobody said that because that movie hadn't been made yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, everyone started circulating the Princess Bride, and it became very, very popular. And I didn't think that I was going to like it because of the title. I was Fred Savage. Uh, and then everyone, and then I just wanted to see it so that everyone would shut the fuck up. That's my. That was my motivation for seeing it to get people off my back. Well, I mean, um, how did it get you in there? Uh huh. And then it turns out that it's the best movie ever. Which literally everybody was trying to tell you ahead of time. Yeah, but like when you say something is the best movie ever, you bet it better be. Otherwise, it's a disappointment by default. Also, th- th- this movie has descriptions like it was. Uh, you know, all those best kisses ever that have ever happened this one blew them all out of the water and when you say stuff like that you better fucking uh deliver on that uh my favorite part was the description for the sword fight is uh the best sword fight ever made that was on the script right and they had to coordinate the best sword fight ever made and it had to go for four minutes at least Uh and then they they did it and it's like, cool, this goes for four minutes. Let's keep practicing. And they practiced and practiced and practiced. And then it's, it ended up being for 30 seconds because they practiced that much. <laughs> uh, so they had oh, to... Act- I think they successfully... I think it's successfully the best sword fight ever filmed. Um, because yeah. their sword fight is as adventurous and funny. It certainly fits the tone. You don't want like a serious sword fight. You want one where they're playing with each other. My favorite part of the sword fight is when the man in black goes around, like he he flips around the loop thing and he lands and he so clearly lands like two feet away from the sword 
Yet in the next scene, he just picks up the sword. It's like magically right next to him. I love that. Also, um, he had the high ground and he flipped over him. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Daniel. Mm-hmm. You just made a Star Wars joke. God damn it! No! <laughs> you did. Not me. You did. I have it's broken. True. It is oh, true. It's made all, zero it's all falling apart. Four. I'm just a gay, yeah. sexier version of you. I, okay. I got nothing. Everything is bad now. <laughs> I mean, we you could have gone to Star Wars convention. Version, but, you know, like a gay male Australian version, like that would have worked better, <sighs> I think. Sexier. <laughs> I feel like there's like a quota for the number of times you have to say the word sexy. Mm, it's, it's true. Like, it's part of my contract. <laughs> I didn't get a contract. Oh, really? <sighs> but um, you know what I do have? I do have Hulu. Yeah. Right back to that. God damn it. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh-huh. Billy Crystal is in this. <laughs> he uh, is. I, and he is hilarious. Okay, so this was in the 80s when Billy Crystal, it's like the late 80s when Billy Crystal was at the height of hilariousness. Um, in the 80s, I, I love um, Billy Crystal. Um, what's her name? Um, she's kind of lost her mind now. And now she's on the talk show. No. Um, Whippy Goldberg and um, okay. and Robin Williams were like three of the funniest people to ever step on the stage. <clears throat> and this is like the height of Billy Crystal's funniness. And they even said, like, you know, you watch um, Making Ofs, they said that a lot of money was blown on the Billy Crystal scenes because he kept making people laugh so much they almost couldn't get through the shoot. I, like, like, um, every, I, I, I don't know if it was in this. I don't think no if it was in this, but I hear that the uh I think it was this. The only injury I sustained was uh when people were trying to hold it was when no, because he broke his toe, so it wasn't this. Never mind. Okay, good talk. Um No, there was there's a movie where like there was a lot of action, but the only scene where someone actually got hurt was when they um were trying to hold in their laughter and they broke their ribs. Um what? but that wasn't this one. In this one, uh, Carrie always broke his foot. I call bullshit. It wasn't no, this, it was something else. I call bullshit on the somebody broke their ribs from trying not to laugh. I'll look it up. Um, but in this one, Carrie always broke his foot and he didn't tell anyone for like, an, for like four hours because he was afraid that he'd get fired. Yeah. Well, this is one of those movies that like made his career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um... He wasn't the only one that thought he'd be fired. Oh, yeah. Um, the guy who played Vecini thought he was going to get fired, too. Yeah, because of his stupid agent, which I hope he fired. His agent said that they wanted Danny DeVito. And so he I, was afraid that he'd just be replaced by Danny DeVito. His character was very Danny DeVito-esque. Yeah, but also, you don't tell him that. That just gives you, like... Um, anxiety for your entire shoot. And yeah, the- uh, you ever met an actor? Actors are nothing but bags of anxiety. Exactly. So don't just tell them that that you what you want their first choice. Yeah, I I think he knew he wasn't but, a well known actor. But Rob Reiner, who uh, who's the director, told Carrie Elwes and Wallace Shaw on separately that. No, you are Wesley and you are Vincini. Uh, don't worry. 
It'll be fine. I <laughs> relax. Indeed. Also, Will and Goldman wrote the book and the uh, screenplay. Okay, yeah. And he knew that uh, some stuff in the book can't be translated to screen very well. So he adapted his own book. Yeah. Which which a lot of authors can't do. Yeah, Stephen King tried that and that uh, didn't necessarily work. The, um, I think he was... King novel that he... The only movie that he likes based on his novels is the one that he wrote the screenplay for. And that's like one of the worst ones. So, yeah. He wrote 34 movies, um, including Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. All the President's Men, Princess Bride, uh, and something called the Ghost in the Dark, the Ghost in the Darkness. Damn, he wrote all of that. Those are all good movies. Uh huh. In fact, I think All the President's Men was award winning. Mm. Butch Cassidy and Sundance. Get, holy shit! Wow. Yeah, he's a great writer. So he, he switched from <laughs> writing novels to writing screenplays. And he's a good. He's a very good writer. Um, the Ghost Man is good. It's with uh, what's you wrote his Misery. Name? Misery is my fucking favorite He wrote the screen for Misery? Movie. Uh-huh. Interesting. Also, yeah, Chaplin, he was a good Maverick. The guy's a fucking great writer. He's a good, he's got a good range too, because some of these are comedies and some of these are like thriller or horror draw, like, um, like draw, I, like Ghost in the Darkness to me is like a thriller drama. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. It's like they mix the genres. It's because it's like for the most part, it's a drama. Because it's like it, all of his movies are character-driven stories. Um, mm-hmm. They're and you would love them. You would probably love everything he's written because you are a character person, and he is very much like everything is steeped in character. Um, the Ghost in the I Darkness. I've liked. You should see. It's a good movie. Um, what else did you say? He did Misery and... You say he did Maverick? Uh-huh. That's interesting. Maverick is like a complete goofball comedy, but it's good. Well, Princess um, Pride is, um, shows his comedic chops, so he's... Yes. So he's got range. It's great. He does. Yeah. And he wrote All the President's Men? Uh-huh. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. I aspire to be like that. That's an awesome body of work. Like at the end of your life, you can be like, I did this thing. And then it was good. That's a very oversimplification, but you get what I, I'm saying. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be, do you know what I want to be? I want to be that guy in law and order that, um, that hears about a murder, but doesn't stop doing his job. That's my dream. I want to be that guy. What? You know, the guy in law and order, there's always a guy in law and order episodes. It happens once an episode. Where they, they they talk about a murder and he's like, yeah, I, I'm doing that, but I'm from New York, so I can't stop working, even though I heard about a murder. I'll be that guy. That guy sounds amazing. So you want to live in New York? No, I want I want to be in a Law and Order episode. Okay. Where I do play yeah, that part. Like you just want to be like a New Yorker. It's like that's. It's always funny to me that. I don't know if that's something to aspire to or not, but you know, sure. I, I have low bars. So, Harry. So we got the Princess Bride happening. Uh, so William Goldman wrote the book. Uh, he's like, no, I swear, I didn't write this book. And then he wrote the screenplay that's based on the book that he swears he didn't write. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a great writer. You got Rob Reiner, who's the director. Indeed. Um, 
you have he all of these great actors. Didn't he direct uh, Sleepers in Seattle? I, he directed All in the Family, This is Spinal Tap, Wolf of Wall Street, A Few Good Men. He didn't direct Sleepless in Seattle? My I know he was in it, but I thought he directed it. You know what? That might have been Gary Marshall. He did Stand By Me. Oh, and A Few Good Men. He also did The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh-huh. The American misery. President. He did Misery. Yeah, he did Misery. He did When Harry Met Sally, Stand By Me. He has a very good body of work. Ah, he did direct Sleepless in Seattle. Ha-ha. Yay, we found it. Indeed. And Alex and Emma. I like that movie. Oh, he also has some nut goods. He directed Throw Mama from the Train. Yeah, but like when it comes to when it comes to directing, like when you find that you love a movie and it's like, yeah, these guys, they keep working, find more stuff. Do you know Uh, how many movies I've seen because they the person did other movies that I liked? Literally all of them. All of the movies I've seen are from directors that I like other movies that they did. If you Take that to its logical conclusion. That doesn't make any sense. He nope. also directed I, I Love and Primary Colors and the First Wives Club. He's got a lot. Anywho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we got this huge body of work and then um, everyone loved it when it was happening. It went so well and then no one saw it, which is so annoying. <laughs> um, you know what's funny about this? Like you mentioned that it came out on VHS. Uh-huh. I have to mention it because I just I feel like people nowadays it's like kids not knowing that phones like hung up so back in the day like like this year this to me it's completely insane completely insane the fact that Endgame came out in late April here it is December and I've already streamed it on Disney Plus the like fact that's that you can stream a movie is insane or the fact that I was able to do that in November like that's completely insane because here's the thing Back in the day, when a movie came out, it would be out as long as as long as people were going to see it. So if it didn't do well, it would leave. It'd be out like within a month. That but if it happens. did, it well, no, because so now you have way more movies come out, and there's a much shorter shelf life in the theater. So if a movie did, if a movie didn't do well back then, it'd be out in a month. But if it did well, it could be out for a year, which is how Titanic oh. broke so many records. Because it literally had a release time of over a year. Um, and so when it did come out of the theaters, when it was finally cut, when it finally came out of all the screens, you had about another year before it would come out on DVD. Now go back a little, and when you're talking about VHS, you had about two years before it would come out on VHS. And I remember with DVDs, I was like, wow. DVDs are so fast, like you can get it within a year. So, like Endgame came out in April, like late April, right? So uh-huh. you could get Endgame on DVD like in January, like that's fast. That would that would have been considered fast to get it on DVD. And the thing that I didn't get is to rent the DVD. It was like four dollars, right? Right. Unless you went to like the grocery store. Which, by the way, grocery stores used to have a video store in the store. It was a part of the store. So you could go to a grocery Amazing. store and rent a VHS, and um, you had to rewind it. If you didn't get, if you didn't rewind it, you would get a fine. Really? And yes. That's what Be Kind Rewind. video stores died. It, that's what Be Kind Rewind. You know what? There was actually some technology that helped you with that. When you finished with the movie, if you were a movie buff like my family, 
When you finish with the movie, you could put it in a rewinder and it would literally rewind the entire tape all the way back to the beginning for you. That's so like you take it out of your VHS player, which didn't? No, it did, but it would take forever. So the, the VCR rewinder was so faster, so much faster. And you don't have to watch the movie to rewind it. So what that does is it frees you up to watch another movie. So let's say you finish with Titanic, which is nearly three hours long, right? And yes, mm-hmm. it did come out of which it actually, it actually was two VHS tapes because it's so long. Um, so let's say you finish with the first tape for Titanic. You don't feel like rewinding that till before you get to the second one. So you take the first tape out, you put it in the rewinder, and you can watch the second one. So the first one is, re- is like rewinding. It only took like five minutes to rewind it in the rewinder. But if you did it on the VHS, it would take like 20 minutes. Like it felt Damn. like forever. And, um, and then on top of that, like if you don't want to keep things in the VCR, cause then like the tape might come off and get stuck and that's just a big pain in the ass. Nobody wants to deal with. No wonder, so, so, um, no wonder DVDs took up so fast. They're like, Oh shit, this is way better. This is objectively better in every way. What disc? Yeah. Um, disc was weird because when they came out, we were like, how, how do you touch it? Because we didn't know where the information was stored. Because on a video, you can't touch the tape. The tape is in, that's why it's got a cover. The tape is inside, right? So, because it, it's film. It's, it's, it's pretty much just like film. You're not supposed to touch film. So with the DVD, we were like, where do you, how do you pick it up? We didn't know if you're supposed to pick it up from the sides, if you're supposed to stick your finger through the middle. So it was a very weird thing. It was like, how do we pick, how do we touch it? Where's the information? We had no idea. And they were like, oh, laser reads it. And we're like, there's a laser in a machine? It was weird. What is happening? It's like sci-fi. It's like the future. It's like Star Trek. Holy yeah. shit. Lasers. Yeah. yeah, lasers were reading our information. It was crazy. It was crazy. And then, like, um, lasers were overshone by DVDs completely. Then you had Blu-rays, which didn't really do that. Because it, Blu-rays I still have, To this day, I own VHS and a VCR. Uh-huh. Um, but they didn't take over, Blu-rays didn't take over DVDs the same way that DVDs took over VHS, uh, VHS No, why? Because of my generation, because we were like, look, bitch, we already did this with the VHS, okay? Yeah, but now, not only that, but it isn't, a, it isn't as much things. of a jump. What? It isn't as much of a jump to go from DVDs to Blu-rays as it was to go from VHS to DVDs. Yes, it is. I'm explaining why. To go okay. from VHS to DVDs, okay, you had to go, you had, you had the VHS tape, right? And then you have a DVD. In order to watch a DVD, you need to have a DVD player. You have to upgrade your system because some TVs won't work with a DVD player. So you might have to get like a whole system, okay? And then um, when... So then you up, let's say you upgrade, okay? You get the DVD stuff, you get, you get the DVD player. Let's say you have a better TV. And then, um, then like a couple years. So that's another thing. Like VHS was out for a long time before DVD came along. DVD comes along like the next year. They're like, like two years later, they're like Blu-ray. And you're like, fuck you. I just got the, the DVD. I'm not doing that shit again. It's just more expensive. Here's the reason why. Blue, when, okay. when DVDs came out, mm-hmm. you had to get... Remember, this is 90s, right? So the technology, it, like when technology first comes out, it's thousands of dollars. 
Like 10 years later, you can buy it for 20 bucks. But when it comes out, it's super expensive for like everything, right? So right. when a VCR came out, it was probably like 80, 90 bucks, which is in the 80s. So that's a lot of money back then. So now you're in the 90s and DVD players are coming out. Shit you not, DVD players were $200. And then you switch over and you get a new TV and then they're like, oh, do you want to get, do you want to spend like $400 on a Blu-ray player? And then the Blu-ray itself is like $40. And remember just yesterday, you were paying like $20 for a DVD. And the day before that, you were paying like $10 for a VHS. And we were like, fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) No, I just upgraded to DVD. I don't need all this shit. No. And so it was a luxury thing. It was a wealth thing. And it's like, now, like, even if you had the money, like, because another thing, at the same time Blu-ray came out, they were like, it wasn't just the Blu-ray player. It wasn't as simple as, like, from DVD to Blu-ray. It was like, no, now you have to have this new TV to go with it. Now you have to have a sound bar and a sound system because you need the full theater experience. That sounds like a scam. And that's why Blu-ray didn't take off as well as DVD. And on top of that, like I said, Blu-ray did that literally just a, a few years after DVD came out. So like the average, so whenever you have a technology shift, right? right. You have, it starts at the top, the rich people get it first. Then like, like the wealthy, the rich, the upper middle class. And then eventually it's a keeping up with the Joneses thing. So like the whole middle class gets it. And then shortly after the whole middle class gets it, then it starts to sweep to the lower classes. Well, by the time DVDs had gotten to the lower classes, the wealthy already had Blu-rays. And so upper middle class were like, oh, you got to get Blu-rays. And people were just like, no, fuck you. Like, no, I just got the DVDs. I'm good. I'm not spending. Because again, DVDs were more expensive than VHS and Blu-ray were like three times more expensive than a DVD at the time. So we're like, no. And on top of that, like the selection was extremely limited. So like now, whenever there's a new format, we immediately like go back and retro stuff. Like there are films that were not shot in a certain medium, but now you can buy them like that. Like you can get the Incredible Hulk in 4K. It wasn't designed to be in a 4K format for DVD or for Blu-ray, but you can buy that now because they went back and, and, you know, like retrofit it. Back then, it was like, no, you have to buy this brand new thing. So at the time, it wasn't like, like, oh, you have to get a whole new collection. It was like, if you wanted the movies that you had, and also remember, there was no, there's no such thing as streaming. So if you, like, this, when I was, uh, like, when I was born, if you missed a movie, you had to wait till it came out on TV. And you had to see it, like, on TBS or some shit. And if you missed it, and again, like, VCRs were brand new, so you couldn't, like, set the VCR to tape when you knew you were going to be out. You had to just sit there and wait for it to come on and walk up to the machine and hit record and play and hope that the tape didn't mess up. And that's how you would have, you know, that's how you could record something. Um, And then, you know, when when Blu-rays came out, yeah, VCRs could be set to tape things. There was no TiVo yet. There was no such thing as streaming. Again, if something had already left the theater, the only way for you to see it again is for you to either have the VHS 
or record it when it came on cable. And cable stations did this wonderful thing where they figured out how to block you from being able to record anything from your VCR. So you couldn't record a movie off of cable. Like if you watched it on HBO, you just, you just had to sit there and watch it. So you had to like, you had to have a date to like watch. You were like, oh, I want to see Batman. It's coming on tonight at eight. If you got there at 10, you missed Batman. Got a fucking was- cable. Cable sucks. Cable's always been bad. And the only reason that um, it succeeded was because it was because we didn't have streaming. But even if you paid, even if you pay like $80 for cable and then you pay $80 for streaming or even $100 for streaming, streaming is still better. Because guess what streaming doesn't have? Ads, it's on demand. You're coming at this millennial perspective. Cable was back then. Yeah, but it was. But people are like, but people are complaining that like, but people are complaining that streaming services are becoming like cable. And I'm like, look how bad cable was. Objectively terrible, right? The only reason it worked was because it had everything. Streaming services, if you pay 80 bucks, you have a lot of stuff. And even though you don't have everything, which is annoying, like in for cable, you'd have to wait months for a movie to come to the cable. You have streaming. Okay, again, so coming, annoying. From, coming from a Gen Xer's perspective, oh no, you had to wait months. Did you not hear what I just said? When a movie left the theater, you had to wait a minimum of a year to be able to see that again. A yeah, but I'm just saying that people shouldn't complain about streaming services. That you have a funny way of saying it by complaining about cable. Also, when I say cable, I don't mean cable as in like, oh, we have cable like to be able to watch TV. So back then, you didn't need cable to watch TV. If you wanted to watch TV, you just had to turn on the TV. You could get like the station, like ABC, NBC, CBS, whatever. You could get that from the air. Um, uh-huh. you, like, but also back then, TV yeah, station. So at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, if you turn like three o'clock in the morning, if you turned on the TV when I was a kid, you would get like you know the little thing like the the static, and when you hear the ah, that's what you would get. There's no uh-huh. TV at three o'clock in the morning because who the hell's up at three o'clock in the morning? That was when I was a kid. That's what it was like. The TV went off, um, and then I was like, it was like right before my teens when it became like twenty four hours, but only for like three networks. And when you bought cable, cable gave you like, so when I say cable, I'm talking about like HBO. Um, <clears throat> when you bought cable, like that gave you the ability, cable was like revolutionary because you could rewatch a movie without commercials. Cause if you like, as a kid, I watched Star Wars on like TBS, like all my life. Right. right. Um, but you always, it always had commercials and me being the ADD riddle fest that I am, the second a commercial comes on, I'm my attention's gone. I'm watching something like I'm doing something else. Um, but with cable, like with HBO, it was amazing because no commercials. You just got to watch it like you were in the theater, but you were at home. And the only way to do that before was to wait a hundred years for the VHS. And with cable, it was like it took like two years because you still had to let the VHS come out first. So the yeah, VHS came out exactly. a year. So- and then you Damn. had to wait for cable for like another year and then it'd be on cable. And it was like, Oh, this is awesome. I got to watch it on HBO. Cable was all aw- like HBO was awesome when it came out. Yeah, and, and then, then it, and then it started to get sucky. Um, so yeah, when it first came out, all those things happened, right? So you have VHS, DVDs are better than VHS. 
it's great. And then you have uh, you have free to air TV. Uh, thing then cable was better than free to air TV. Now cable sucks. Cable is like uh, it's eighty. It's like ninety five percent ads, uh, except for movies. Like if you watch movies exclusively, that's fine, right? You can record a movie and watch the whole thing, like a sane person. With with cable, you have like you have ten minutes of uh, content, and then you have seven minutes of ads, and you have seven minute ad breaks like four times. <coughs> I hate Foxtel. It, that's the main thing. I hate Foxtel. That's the main Australian network thing for cable. So you hate Australian cable? Yeah, I hate Australian cable. I don't know about American cable. American cable might be the fucking best. In Australia, it sucks because it's Foxtel and Austel, which is also owned by Foxtel. And so they have a monopoly on it. So they're like, hey, uh, um, we're going to put a thousand ads for shit that you don't care about just so that you'll keep your cable package because you think that there's more stuff for you. Yeah, then, American cable doesn't do that. We yeah, like if then, you think, American cable is basically just like so for TV, for regular TV, it's it's just regular TV. On the actual cable stations like HBO, Stars, Stars, Showtime, that kind of thing, uh-huh. the only commercials you're gonna see are for their movies and shows on that channel, and they come on after the move. They come on in between movies. You see that right there? If that happened here, would be great, right? The, oh. They advertise the fact that they Wait, were no longer are- going to show uh, ads in between movies. Right? So do you have that, that movies? And then with and then so what I'm saying is that streaming is better, right? Even no, no I'm I'm asking about your about your your version of of cable. Do you have ads in movies if you watch on cable? No, not movies. Okay. Uh, movies they advertised the fact that they were going to stop putting ads in movies in like 2003, and then um, but they still do it with television, right? Instead of going. Into so wait, 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 wait. When you guys first got cable. Uh-huh. What, like, let's say HBO. Do you guys have HBO? We have Foxtel. Just go with that. So no, HBO on cable. We have Showtime. Okay, Showtime. There you go. HBO okay. HBO came first. But let's say, okay, so Showtime. Yeah. When you're watching a movie on Showtime, does it have a commercial in it? Well, it used to. It didn't anymore. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. It's in between movies now. But for television, it's still, like, tons of commercials. If you watch, if you watch commercials... If you watch Foxtel um, for television, it's torture. Yeah, your 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 system is completely different than the American system. Yeah, so for us, fucked. the first cable channel was HBO, and by cable again, I don't mean like ability to watch TV because you already have that. Cable was like a, a special thing that made it a better, like a faster resolution, so it was a better image, and um, and you had to pay for the service. So because you had to pay for the service, you don't have commercials. Exactly. So like, that would yeah. be fair or good. If so like for HBO, good. you would just, if you want, HBO was like, in the beginning, it was all movies and then like comedy specials. And the only commercial, well, actually in the beginning, there were no commercials because you paid for it. So there were zero commercials. And exactly. then it started. If that like, happened, if there was no ads on, um, on cable, Right. Uh-huh. If Foxtel didn't have any ads on it, except for in between shows, they're like, "Hey, check out these this particular one." Um, if they did that, I wouldn't have streaming because everything else about Foxtel was fine. Right. You got recorded shows that came on, 
everything was fine. And but they had so many commercials, I hated it so much. Yeah, we don't have nearly that many commercials. So like even on TV shows, we do have commercials in TV shows, but it's a standard format. So like if you have a 30 minute show, it's the uh-huh. same as regular TV. Like if you like like any TV show that you watch, it doesn't change on cable. Though the main difference is if you're watching a a a movie or a TV show specifically for cable, it's the exact same as if you were watching streaming. Exactly. Because it, that happens and it'll be no fine. commercial in it. The commer- like it's just like 24 minutes. So that's how. Remember when we were talking about like the Mandalorian and everything, and I was like, yeah. no, it's 24 minutes. That's like for a 30 minute show you get like 21 to 24 minutes of content. That's how I know that because our commercials are of a particular length and you have certain breaks. So, you know, in a 30 minute show, you're going to get anywhere from 21 to 24 minutes of content and the rest is commercials. It's, um, with Boxtel, it's, it's, you got three commercials, right? Three blocks of commercials. They go for six minutes each and they, it's all trailers for stuff that's on Boxtel. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's so annoying. So I yes. ditched Foxtel the moment Netflix came. The moment Netflix came, I'm like, great, perfect. I'll get everything on Netflix. And then I did, and I got Netflix. I'm like, this sucks. There's nothing here. Yeah, you when also Netflix got came, Netflix late. Because when Netflix first came out, it didn't do streaming. It was, I honestly thought Netflix was going to fail. Shows you how. I did Blockbuster. Um, well, because of Blockbuster, because Blockbuster was already out and you could physically go to a store and pick out a DVD or, a, a, um, at the time it was VHS. Well, no, it was DVD too. Um, you could physically go to the store and pick out either a VHS or a DVD and then go watch it and then take it back and get another one. Right. And then Netflix came out and they were like, Hey, build a queue. And then like three to five days from now, you'll get a movie. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to know what movie I want to watch in a week? I'm a very, I, like I said, I read ADD. I'm an impulse person. I'm like, I want to watch this movie right now. An hour from now, I might not want to watch that movie if I haven't started it yet. Because mm. they go, like, for me, movies are, like, by the mood. Like, yesterday when I was th- saying, I kind of feel like going to the movies, but I didn't feel like seeing anything serious. Well, that was in that moment. If I had waited another, like, two hours, I might have been like, uh, I kind of need something serious. It's so to me, I'm a very like moody kind of person. And so like when Netflix came out, I was like, I don't see, like I started so many free trials on Netflix that I just like kept canceling. Cause I was like, I don't know what I'm going to want to watch in five days. And what if when that movie comes, let's say I get a comedy and when the mo- comes, I'm in the mood for like a serious movie or I want to watch an action. So I was just like, yeah, no, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> Netflix didn't come, didn't become international until they were completely streaming. Um, ah, I can't get DVDs from Netflix. I can't you get never DVDs. For, no, you can't. I, I, I get. Wow. So you still I can't. can't because they have distribution sites all over America, uh-huh. uh, but they don't have any here because they didn't bother because they just, they're mainly streaming now. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if I wanted to, I could still do, because they have, you know, multiple plans. Um, right now I have the stream, I have only a streaming plan, but if I wanted to, I could switch over to like, you know, physical DVD, like one a week or, you know, like rent one and return it and then get another one. But who wants to bother with that when you can just go, oh, let's see what they have. Exactly. But also when I first started streaming, just like with, with Blu-ray, they had like 10 movies and it was like, 
nah, I don't feel like it. <laughs> so, so with, um, when Netflix came to Australia, they had like 10 movies because they needed to yeah. get distribution rights for Australia mm. and other places, I assume. Um, but they, but they didn't have any. So you had like lame crap that I didn't care about and that no one was talking about on Facebook. And I cared what people thought of me on Facebook. So I wanted to see those movies. Uh, so Netflix didn't have anything. So that was a huge disappointment. And then like the other streaming services started popping up. And I think I went to Stan because Stan's owned by an Australian company, um, I think. But they basically were like an Australian streaming service. So I switched over to Stan that had tons of television uh, and a lot of movies. And Stan's still a great competitor to Netflix because they, because anyone that wants to dist, anyone that wants to create their own streaming services in America doesn't have the infrastructure to go international straight away, as, except for Disney. And then, so they tried that. So anyone that, so distribution, no one wants to put on Netflix because they're like, if you want us to have it internationally, then give us it in America. So that can't happen. So Stan's a great alternative because any of the smaller movies that studios don't give a shit about, they go to a Stan and then, so it's got great. So I, I, there's three street four now. There's Amazon, um, Netflix, Stan, and Disney Plus. They're the four streaming services, and you can have all those as long as you're not specializing in stuff. Then you can have pretty much anything you want, unless you want to dig deep. Unless you want what? Unless you want to go deeper. Oh, dig um, deep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's big teeth. I was like, I don't understand what that means. That might be some weird Australian thing. I didn't know. Yeah, so as if you want just are looking for stuff and browsing, then if you have those four services and you can find pretty much everything, unless you want to specialize. Like I saw uh, Hail Satan on um, on a documentary streaming service. Yeah, so I have Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and I now have Sling, which is kind of like a cable streaming service type deal, but not really. Um, <clears throat> just oh, so favorite, that I can be Hallmark Christmas. Thing is that when you um, when you um, with Foxtel, if you want to upgrade to the next level, Foxtel, they'll give you Netflix for free. Oh, okay. Which is interesting. It's a because they know that they're the competitor, so they're like, well, if people are going to go switch over to Netflix anyway then we might as well get another contract out of them. And Um, Netflix doesn't care because they're objectively better. For us, we get Netflix and Hulu for free with, like, a cell phone contract. Yeah, I I think it's similar. Yeah, it's like, I think Verizon, no, T-Mobile, I think, gives you Hulu and Verizon gives you Netflix or something. No, Sprint gives you Hulu. I don't know, whatever. One of the, the, the different companies have different streaming that they give you for free for a year <clears throat> and that's what a lot of people do and then everybody else just like uses somebody else's sign-in so, um, yeah yeah the only reason um so i got rid of uh foxtel ages ago i just i just watch stuff online and then um after that um, my dad thought about getting rid of foxtel but he had uh he watches sport and the only way to get sport is Foxtel. Like they have the exclusive sport, not sports. Yeah. And also like, you guys throw in U's in random places. Yeah, where they belong. 
You call you, you autumn fall. And colorful. <laughs> I did that on Twitter. I think it was like the last thing I said before you kicked me out unceremoniously. It was very um, funny. You have the password though, right? I gave you the password. Yeah, I have it now. You can get back to uh, Twitter. I'm barely using it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody from another podcast was like, oh, such and such favorite. And I was like, yeah, but for, but I'm American. So it's actually favorite. Because you threw a random U in. I'm going to throw like two U's in just to annoy you. That wouldn't be proper spelling for anyone. <laughs> I remember when we changed um, soccer to football and everyone rioted for like two weeks and then no one cared. Okay. So you guys actually we, say, f- wait, when you say football, you mean soccer? Yeah. There? So I we you guys, used to. Didn't you do the British thing? We used to say soccer. Um, until like about ten years ago, maybe I, don't I thought know, it was actually. Thing. I thought we were the only ones that said soccer. Uh, no, I, a few countries say soccer. We used to say soccer, and then everyone's like, "That's too American. We want to be British." Um, so they changed it to football, and like people still say soccer because people are used okay. to saying soccer. But yeah, well, I used to. It was about so, uh, we called it soccer when I was a kid. So ten yeah. years. Maybe 10 years ago? <laughs> yeah, we called it soccer when I was a kid, like five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> um, Anywho. I quit, I quit Facebook. You did. That was a, that was a big every, deal. You quit um, everything. You quit all the things. Uh-huh. I deleted social media, all the social medias from my phone, so that I, except for Messenger. So here's what happened. I quit Facebook, and then Jackie tweeted me. and was like, hey, I still need to contact you. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Well, because, okay, in truth, before, like, on Twitter, I, like, my own personal Twitter, I'm very political. Before I became political, I went on Twitter, like, twice a year. Like, no joke. I never went on Twitter. So I don't use Twitter, like, DMs or anything. So, um, and fun fact, so before talking to you on Messenger, I didn't have Messenger on my phone. I refused to get it. 100%. I was like, I'm not going to do Messenger. Because they spy on you and blah, blah, blah. And I refute, like, the whole conspiracy and everything. It's not really a conspiracy. They actually do spy on you. But, um, like, the whole thing, I was like, no, I'm not going to give them my information. And um, and then I found out. So this was, like, years ago when Messenger first came out. And I was like, no, I'm not using that. So I would just physically log into Facebook to talk to people. If I wanted to talk to them on fa- you know, via Facebook. I would use the Messenger, like, in the actual, like in on the web version of Facebook. Um, <clears throat> and then it got to the point where you couldn't, so I, um, I didn't download the Facebook app because, you know, because after a while, like the Facebook app had the same permissions as Messenger. Because when Messenger came out, it was like pretty controversial. It was like, they take your information. And I was like, no, nah, screw that. So then the Facebook app defaulted to the same. And then it became a point where like, you can't buy a smartphone without the Facebook app automatically installed. And if you use Facebook, they're going to take your information basically. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm still not getting Alexa. Anywho. Exactly. Um, so but now I have messenger. So it, that's why it's funny to me that like, or not funny, but like I didn't realize that you were so addicted to social media because oh, I yeah, can just, it was terrible. Like, I, I, so like, social media came around in what 2005, I want to say. 
um, 2006 MySpace, I want to say. And yeah, I had a MySpace, and then I switched to, uh, but I did that when Facebook was getting popular. Was when, yeah, 2006 was when Facebook like blew up. <clears throat> so I, I probably had a MySpace in 2005 and used it a little. And then when Facebook came around, I used it a lot. And then I stopped using it around 2007. And then after that, um, I joined a bunch of groups on Facebook uh, and became miserable. Okay. It, it was, it, it's no good. And people use Facebook and, and to have Facebook on your phone is the worst thing because whenever you get bored for any reason at any point in time, you, you just go on Facebook and start scrolling and it doesn't make you happy or even particularly not bored. <laughs> Yeah, that's again the generational differences. Some people do that, um, you know, my age as well. But for me, technology's take it or leave it. I do you know how many times I forget my phone? And I just oh. like I, I reach for it and I'm like, why does my butt feel light? Oh, I don't have my phone in my pocket. I wish that <laughs> I could forget my phone. That'd be great. I, I'm I'm gonna send me for a few days. I might leave my phone here. Um uh, well it's funny because like when you were explaining to me how like, like you were trying to convince me that I was addicted to Facebook and I'm like, No, I'm so I wasn't. Not. I was asking you if you thought you were, which is different. Yeah. Um, I, I, you said like, that you were miserable because you were on Facebook and I was like, get off Facebook. No, I never said I was miserable. Yeah, I just, but, no, what I, you misinterpreted what I said. I, 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 said I did. I misinterpreted what you said. Um, yeah. and, I, and I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, so what I said was I've been arguing with idiots and you were like, you, you were like pulling like a, a sleuth type of like you try to pull a sleuth move of like being a, a junior psychologist. Like, I was very clever. Yeah, I saw right through it. How does that make <laughs> you feel? And I was like, yeah, I'm not addicted. I, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, if at any point, if someone pisses me off, I'm just like, all right, fuck it, I'm out. And I just stop talking to them. And I'll just go up and like um, and unfollow the conversation. Be like, okay. I'm not even getting messages from them anymore like i don't give a shit you I, cool. I tried to help you you're beyond help i'm done that's that, that's all i do so and i like i just like i was like oh i was just talking to this idiot and you were like and do you feel like you became happy and i'm like okay slow down like <laughs> calm down and i so and the funny the thing that was, was cracking me up about, right the thing that cracked me up about that is i had just come back from the store and I, that was when I left my phone at home. Mm-hmm. I was in the store and I went to um, check the time and I was like, where's my phone? <laughs> I realized I left it at home. And I was like, oh, well, I'm here now. I'm not going home. And then, uh, then when I got home, I was actually on the computer when I was talking to someone. And most of the time I'm on Facebook, a good 80% of the time, I'm just playing a game. I play um, solitaire. Yeah, I play solitaire and I play mahjong. Because I am an old woman. Okay. And so, like, a majority of the time when it looks like I'm online, uh-huh. I'm, I'm playing Mahjong or Solitaire on my laptop. Because I, um, I, I, I see the green dot. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool, That's, you're online. And yeah, I thought that you were online, like, way more than, than because of the context right. of you playing a game. I thought you were online on Facebook. Because I never like, play actually, games on Facebook. People, uh, yeah. Uh, that's why, like, oftentimes you'll send me something and I won't respond for, like, 30 minutes, even though it looks like I'm online because I'm playing a game and I'm not going to stop playing the game to see what you said. <laughs> so, 
So it's like, See, but like some. That, that's what happened. So I, so I got rid of Facebook off my phone, right? I got rid of Facebook. I deleted my account. You said, hey, I need to talk to you. I'm like, fuck, I forgot. Um, <laughs> so I created a new account, messaged you, and then as soon as you messaged me back, immediately deactivated it. Because fuck <laughs> Facebook. Um, uh, and so I got rid of, yeah, I got, so I did that. So now, uh, so that was like a week ago, maybe two mm-hmm. weeks ago now. Um, so that's when that happened. And I do not feel like going on Facebook at all. All right. The, the, yeah. the part of my brain that was like, you should check Facebook was like, no, fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck Facebook. <laughs> fuck everything. All right. And, and so I did that. And then I, and then for Twitter, um, I don't feel like checking it. I feel like tweeting. I'm like, I should tweet this specific thing for this specific reason. Or uh, it's been like a, a few, about nine hours. I should check on these four people that I give a shit about. Um, yeah, my see, my version of social media is entirely, the way I look at social media is entirely different than the way you did. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. Um, yeah, like, Facebook was designed to become addictive. Um, yeah. I wanted to make sure that I wasn't tempted by Facebook at all. So I watched like four hours worth of videos saying, Hey, Facebook sucks. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then you sent them all to me. Yeah. All <laughs> and you were like, you're addicted. And I'm like, I'm really not though. I'm, I'm, I, I'm good. I didn't say you were addicted except for that one time when I did. It, there you go. Right. Of course. How dare uh, I but, think of- <laughs> I did. I was but just like, you insinuated the hell out of it though. <laughs> You're constantly like, do you feel better? Are you okay with that? Only that feel- one time uh, because because you were miserable and you were on Facebook. I really so, I, so I made the correlation that you were miserable because you're on Facebook, not because you were talking to some idiot on Facebook. Yeah. So first of all, I never said I was miserable. I said I was arguing with an idiot. Who says they were miserable? Yeah. Well, I didn't say you. You inferred that I was miserable, which is hilarious to me. Because, fun fact, I'm the type of person who actually likes to argue. I, it's I, for me. So arguing I mean, isn't necessarily, like, in and of itself, it isn't bad. So if I say I was arguing with somebody, that doesn't mean I was having a bad time. I okay. can have, like, a fun banter. Now, like, in this like part- I know you like to argue about movies. That's the entire premise of our podcast. I didn't know you I also liked to about argue about politics. Everything. I argue, yeah, I was going to say, like, the reason why I'm on Twitter so much now is because of politics, and I just throw down. I basically show up like a gunslinger, like, who are we taking on today? Okay. But, as long as you, <laughs> but to okay. me, it's fun. Okay, um, I, that's the context that I didn't realize. Oh, no, I didn't I know that it. you had fun arguing with people. I thought you just felt like you had to do it. Why would I do? No, why would I do something? It's social media. That was if, my why question. obligated to do something. That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. That was my thing. So you just that thought was... I was a dumbass. That's your thing. You thought I was just a raging dumbass. Exactly. That was like, I have to argue with people even though it's making me miserable. Yes. Exactly. That's why I messaged you. That's why when yeah. you messaged me, I'm like, are you happy doing that? you today, Daniel. Yeah. We learned a lot about each other. What we learned is that even with my favorite movie of all time, we're going fucking tangents. Yeah, see, that's why the stuff that I gave you when you were like, oh, make the post now. You noticed that it said we talked Princess Bride and other ramblings? Yeah, it was it's very like, clever. I what we were talking about. Yeah, knew what we were going to do. Saw it coming. Yeah. 
It's good. <laughs> and, I, and I also wanted to talk about Facebook and how it made me miserable and that I don't want to go back to it. And uh, for like the first like four days, I kept checking my phone to, um, to go to Twitter or Facebook. And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have them. And I don't want to talk to Jackie because I'm busy. And I don't have anything to say to Jackie. So I'm, I'm basically doing nothing with my phone. So I just put it away. I feel embarrassed. Yeah. I did that like oh, a lot, a lot, a lot. First four days, I did that a lot. And then as I, as the week progressed, I did it less and less. And now I don't do it at all. So you are genuinely addicted because you sound yeah. like an alcoholic of like, you can't take another drink yeah, or you're going to go. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. That is, yeah, that's uh. So you know, not to make light of an addiction, but it's just I've never. To me, social media is, is a tool. It's just a thing. You know the reason why I got on social media in the first place? Why? Because my friend's little brother was a teenager at the time. Again, I was an adult, um, <laughs> and I felt like I needed to keep an eye on him. So I created social media specifically to. Not really monitor, yeah, to monitor basically yeah, to, to see monitor. what he, to see what he was talking about because we were afraid he might be suicidal, and so, so uh, he's not going to tell his you know uh, he's a teenager so he's not going to tell his family what's going on, um, and when he did have a sibling on as a friend he would pretty much block them so like they couldn't see anything he posted but we knew he wouldn't block me. Um, so that's how I got social media in the first place. And that's the only reason I got social media. I didn't care because, you know, I was an adult. So uh -huh. what the hell? And it, to me, the concept of social media is ridiculous. It's like, what do you mean being social on your phone? If you want to be social, talk to someone. There's a physical person in front of you. Talk to that person. To Facebook me, that's, is, you know. Facebook so, is designed to be addictive because um, mm -hmm. they, they do a few things that make it uh, more addictive and like experts that uh, psychologists or whatever can explain that. But what they did was to make it as addictive as possible. And they bought Instagram. And as soon as they bought Instagram, people were like, this is just like Facebook. It's shit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's fun. So I got yeah. off Facebook. And the, the main thing I was on Facebook for anyway was to like post stuff on movie groups and the type of, and I posted stuff that would get a lot of attention, which is usually negative shit. So I just felt miserable because I was constantly thinking about um, bad stuff about movies that would get attention you, on Facebook. You are, you're one of the, like the younger generation that like you post, you feel validated by getting likes. and Exactly. And Ah, yeah, see, I never gave a shit. I don't... Yeah, that, like, that's I, why... That's that's part of the uh, the addictive properties of Facebook. People think yeah, that... Yeah, I don't care if anybody likes my shit or not. Um, the, for me, like, I if I'm on... Like, well, when it comes to my actual personal, like, my friends, I do purges every once in a while where I'm like, I don't really talk to you, I don't really know you, I don't really like you, and I'll just be like, oh, got rid of 20, 30 people. People just, want, uh, Facebook advertises itself as being like for your friends, but really it's just a blog. Well, and, and since it's like just a blog, like, like you can follow people, like specific people now. And uh -huh. people use their personal account as a blog. And you can follow strangers uh, without well, adding them as friends. I used to have a blog, and I used what? to blog yeah. on Facebook. 
I never did that on Facebook. Facebook was Facebook for me was just memes. That's it. Like if I'm scrolling through, I'm scrolling to see like some funny memes. That's pretty much it. Um, or maybe there's some content where you can learn something. And because it's Facebook, I don't trust it. So then basically I use the content as a springboard for like research to find out if it's true because mm -hmm. I pretty much don't trust anything on Facebook because it's on Facebook. Um, so that's I, what I, I do. Um, I, I saw a YouTube video about, um, digital media and how to consume it. And one of the things was if there's, a, if you read an article and it says a thing, open a new tab and see if it's true. Cause they're not going to tell you that it's lie. Exactly. And then check the sources. Like where, who was the one saying that this is true? Is there a source that says it's not true? You know, but then again, like when I was a kid, I used to read encyclopedias for fun. So yeah. Encyclopedias were my Google. When you're a kid, when I was a kid, if you wanted to learn something, you would either look it up in the dictionary, which would only give you the definition, or you, if you wanted to get context and you want to learn a story, you would read the encyclopedia. And in so, my day, Google was called a library. Well, we had libraries as well, and also libraries had encyclopedias, but we had a full encyclopedia section in my house. So I would just read the encyclopedias in my house. So if I was curious about something, like now, if you're like, I wonder who that was that was in, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or what was, you know, like, what was the spark that started, you know, World War One? If you can't remember Archduke Ferdinand, then you would look up World War One. You would go to W. And then in learning that, you'd be like, oh, okay, let's look up A, you know, get to A for Archduke Ferdinand. I would literally sit on the floor, in the middle of the floor, in, like, the library section of my house with books, like, surrounded by, by um, encyclopedia books. And my mom would be like, if you don't clean up every single damn one of those books, I'm going to kill you. And so she didn't care that I was learning. She was like, it looks messy. <laughs> Learn nicer. What? Learn any nicer, these, yeah. <laughs> any of these books teach you how to clean? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very lovely mother. But um, yeah, but that like I would do that for fun. I would be like, oh, here's one bit of information I know. Okay. So like, for example, if you're going to look up world war two, right, you would get W for world war two and for war and you would get H for Hitler. You would get G for Germany. Um, Great Britain was in it. So you want to get a, a G um, or a B because you don't know if it's going to go under Britain or if it's going to be great Britain or if it's going to be under UK. So you may as well get a U and then there's the <laughs> allies. You, gotta get a, you got the allies and access powers. And you got to get a J for Japan. And then what was Russia? you have like, you have 12 encyclopedias stacked up, taller than you are. I'm imagining you as Matilda in this scenario, where you're tiny, you're in a library, there's a giant desk. Well, again, I, I didn't have to go to a library for that. We had a library. We had like a little library room in my house. My mom oh, loved my books. So we had a lot of books. I, I have a lot of books as well. I need to read more, but still, we have a lot of books. Um... Books are really good. They're, they're, they're underrated now that everyone's like, I have Twitter or whatever, or I have these things that I'm continuing with time and I don't have time to read. I'm like, you have time to search for Facebook for nine hours. Huh. Uh, <clears throat> that's another difference with me. Like I, when I was a kid, my mom taught me how to read when I was like two. Um, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> sorry, I've been coughing. Um, so that by the time I was like five or six, I was able to read at like, I don't know, second grader level and started school yet. And 
but I was still reading it very like I had to read. I'd look at each letter and I would read like the one word. And then I remember the minute, I remember the moment that I surpassed that. I was seven years old. I was standing in a grocery store with my mother, standing in line. And you know how like the tabloids are always on the sides? And I was looking around, reading all the titles. Because as a kid, I would read anything, like anything, literally like a sign, a cereal box, whatever. If there were words, I would read it. I don't know why. I was just like fascinated with words. And, <clears throat> and I remember standing in line and I read, I looked at something <clears throat> and just like an adult, I couldn't wait to be, see, I, I knew that it was like a developmental thing, that it was like a phase and that one day I would be faster. So I was waiting for that moment to kick in when I could just look at a word and know what it meant, you know, look at a word and, and be able to read it and not have to go like, you know, like re not have to look T H E and go the, I would be able to just go like, I could look at a sentence and be like, you know, the brown dog as opposed to reading like the brown dog. And I was seven, I was looking at something and I glanced at something and looked away and then it clicked. I read that cover and that quick glance, I was able to read all of the words. I know what that sentence was and I just looked at it. And then it was just like, give me all of the words. I need to read everything. And I, I read, yes, because it was just like, I, I finally did it. I can, like, it was almost like I can read, but I could always read, but now I can, like, really read. And um, so I would, I just, I, I just, I absorbed all of the things that I could, and I started reading anything and everything, and I became a pretty fast reader. And so if you're talking, like, three, four hundred pages, well, I'll say... Two, three hundred pages I can read in one day easily. That's not, you know, that's not difficult. And so I would talk to coworkers and I'd be like, oh yeah, they'd be like, what'd you do over the weekend? Which weekend for servers, I'm a server. For servers, the weekend's like Monday, Tuesday. It's not Friday, Saturday um, or Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I come back to work, they'd be like, what'd you do? I'm like, oh, I read a couple books. And they're like, a couple? I'm like, well, yeah, like three. And they're like, what? Because <laughs> I like, I, but like in my defense, like one of them would be like 200 words. One of them would be like 250 words. And then one would be like 350 words. So it would take me like a full day to, or not, not words, yeah, pages, sorry. Um, so it would take me like a full day to read like the bigger one. But, you know, and, and I'm that person who like when the Hunger Games, when I was reading the Hunger Games books, um, I would read like a chapter at a time, like when I was at work, because I was too cheap to buy the book. I don't know why I didn't want to buy it. I refused to pay for uh, Mockingjay. So I would just read it at work. I worked at the airport and there was a bookstore in the airport. And on break, I would go to the bookstore and read like one or two chapters and then just go back to work because I, I don't know why I, I could the book was like $15. I was making plenty of money. I could have easily afforded it. And I was like, no, I don't know why. So that's how I would read the book every day. <laughs> and then, um, and then finally, I think somebody lent it to me and they were like, how long is this going to take you? And I'm like, well, I'm already like a third of the way in. So not very long. I read that fucker in one day I, because I, I was like reading it and I get to like with uh, Mockingjay it's very much it's very much like the movie where like not a lot of story happens but a lot of action happens 
so like the the story is all in the beginning and then it's action and then it just kind of ends right and the action starts like when i started getting to the action which is about halfway through it's like it just picks up and it just keeps going keeps going keeps going so you're like well i can't put it down now and i was like it's six o'clock in the morning and i'm like but i have one chapter left so (laughs) yeah and this is how you learned that you didn't need to sleep at night pretty much that sounds amazing i used to read um a lot more than i do now but i need to i want to get back into reading because i used to read like not a book a day but like a book every like two days and i needed and i loved reading and i had a um a pile of books i had a pile of books that i wanted to read for that week and i um took like a book to school and i just read it at school during lunch break and everyone's like what are you reading for and i'm like i i care about this book more than you yeah i used to read during recess as well so for me i don't know why i never i was never really big into recess i would play outside every now and then but um there were like entire grades where at recess i would either go to the art room and draw or Mm -hmm. i would go to the library and read and um back then we had book off i think it's still going on book off or not book off Uh, yeah you know where you get like yeah so I would, I got so many pizzas. I got all the pizzas. Like, nice. and it, it was just like, yeah, it was, it was amazing. Cause it was like, oh, you just have to read this book. And I was like, all right, whatever. So, so I would read like four books and be like, okay, give me a pizza. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I was for the pizza, dude. Well, it, plus I also like, I'm, that's when I'm like, I'm a story person. Mm-hmm. Again, it doesn't matter the content, but here's the thing with me with reading a book it has to be good or I'm out because my ADD will kick in and I'll be like, I don't remember the last four pages I just read. I read them. There were words on them. I don't know what they said because I just, I, I tapped out. My brain's like, ah, you don't care about this. Move on. So if, it, if it's not good, if it's not a good story, I'm out. So um, <clears throat> there's some stories that like, I wanted to read them over and over again. Like I really loved Pride and Prejudice. Why are we talking about stories? Let's go back we, to Princess. We've been off Princess Bride for like an hour. This is true, but this is cinematic adventures. It's true. Fine. So we so bring it to cinema. So Princess Bride Sorry. is based on a book. Uh, we've been talking about books. So let's go back to Princess Bride. There, segues. Okay, so um, so I, 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 it wasn't even subtle at all. So um, so Princess Bride got got huge after it came after it left cinema. And uh, Carrie always told the story in his book and also in every interview he's ever done um, to about the first time that he, uh, that someone said, as you wish. He was, at a, uh, he was at a cafe and a waitress said, as you wish, um, when he ordered something. And I'm like, that's so cute. And, um, and uh, uh, well, sure. Well, Sean, uh, he, uh, he's like, Carrie, when the people say "as you wish to," that's great because it means that because it, it's romantic and it, they mean that they love you and it's great. But people say "inconceivable" for, to me constantly, and that that line means that I'm a dumbass. Yep. So he was jealous that his big lo- that um, Carrie's line was, in, was like "I love you" instead of his line. He which was is, a hero. I mean, come on. Yes, but like he's jealous that fans. <laughs> right. <laughs> he um, just wished that he had a better line. Speaking of fans saying lines, Billy Crystal said that he knew he had made it 
when um, when someone came up to him and said, a nice MLD where the mutton is nice and lean. <laughs> I, I love this. Also, that, um, that movie was going to be something when somebody, when a fan like commented his lines because he didn't think his lines were very memorable. But um, let's take a second. He has the best line in it where um, the two of them, uh, it's like it's Miracle Max, they performed a miracle, and then like, have fun storming the castle. Do you think, you it'll, think work? it'll work? It, it'll take it'll a take miracle. A- <laughs> <laughs> um, those lines. My favorite part of that scene is. Liar! 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 Get back! Yeah, witch. He said, "I'm not a witch. I'm your wife." Um, not sure like, I want to be back anymore. The, it, this is um, this literally is classic Jewish humor. <laughs> I I love that because it just feels like a Monty Python sketch. A few of these feel like Monty Python uh, sketches in this movie, like the when he when you have this big setup. This is the marriage. It's happening. Holy shit. What are we going to do? I'm it's so tense right now. And then the <laughs> guy turns around and it's big and important. And he's like, marriage. Marriage brings us together today. <laughs> that guy is phenomenal. My favorite actress, because I want to know who she is and where she's from, is in, um, is in Buttercup's Dream, where she's like, no! Because that looks like it was so much fun. Because she just is at it. She's instantly memorable. She doesn't even have a name. She's barely real. <laughs> um, and then when it turns out that it's a dream and Fred Savage is like, told you so. It's like, yeah, she's very smart. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I love the grandpa grandson relationship. It's my yes, favorite part. It's so great. It's my favorite. I love it. <clears throat> Peter Falk, Peter Falk was the grandfather. He's the most grumpiest grandfather ever. He's like, ah, oh, he'll just come in and pinch my cheeks. He's like, no, he won't. And then he immediately yeah, does. And the look on Fred Savage's face in that moment. Hilarious. Oh. Fun times. <laughs> Which is, is, um, and then when, when he starts reading The Princess Bride, and then he's like, wait, are you trying to trick me? <laughs> this is a kissing book. It's a kissing book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love this. And uh, the grandson doesn't get a name, but it's clearly uh, Willem Goldman, because the context of the book is that his father read to him. So mm-hmm. they just changed it to his grandfather. So he's playing Willem Goldman being read the princess bride. Well, it's his grandfather because his mother is the one who brought the grandfather in and the grandfather said, I read it to your father. When, like my father read it to me when I was sick. I read it to your father when he was sick and now I'm reading it to you. Well, what happened to dad? He's dead, isn't he? It's Disney rules. That's <laughs> dead. This wasn't Disney. No, but it's still Disney rules. <laughs> Disney rules. Actually, by Disney rules, the mother is dead. True, but like one of the parents is dead. We don't want Disney to be like Disney. Disney. No, with Disney, it's always the mom. Think about it. All of the princesses, they still have their father, but their mom is dead. No, Bambi, no, they, they have the mother. Dumbo almost killed off the mother. It's always the mother. Yeah, um, I think it's because they wanted um, the grandfather to be the thing. And in order for that to work, the dad would have to be dead. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily... He doesn't have to be dead. Like, he could have been at work. True, but like, come on. Hey, 
he was homesick from school. That's what I thought when I was a kid. I was like, oh, his dad must be at work. Yeah. Or maybe he's in the military and he's off hiding someplace. Also, I'm, I, also, great news, everyone. There is a Santa Claus in this. So it's around Christmas. Therefore, this is a Christmas movie. No, it isn't. That's the justification for Die Hard. No, the justification for Die Hard is that it takes place at Christmas time. But which also, it does. Die Hard, but, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. Let's just start that in the first place. Secondly, yeah. the justification people use is the fact that it takes place during Christmas time and that Christmas is part of the plot, which is true, but it's, that doesn't make it a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas whenever, movie. Whenever someone says that Die Hard is their favorite Christmas movie, I always say, yeah, Die Hard 2 is better. It's a better Christmas movie. And, mm. and that just fucks them up. Well, yeah. Um, it's clearly it, a lie, it, but also... It was Gremlins. Because Gremlins, Gremlins takes place at Christmas. I, and I'd Christmas say Gr- Gremlins is more a Christmas movie than uh, Die not, Hard is. Because at least they do a Christmas celebration. The only thing happening at Die Hard was a Christmas party. It, doesn't, it technically doesn't happen... Like, Christmas Day doesn't ever actually happen in Die Hard. That was a Christmas party that took place before Christmas. Um, Gremlins at least actually featured Christmas. The, the Gremlin was his Christmas present. Um, um, there's a... Yeah. At work, just- we're allowed to wear Christmas shirts, and I was... Um, and the thought crossed my mind to wear the shirt from Die Hard. That no. I was going to, because obviously not, because that would be a terrible idea. I mean, if you need a shirt, I could make you a shirt. So uh, that would be great. So, um, so Princess Bride, right? Truly popular, very good. People need to see it. If you haven't seen it because you thought that because the title was weird, literally nobody. Because you thought the title was weird and for girls, then um, get over it. Yeah, nobody thought that it was a princess, the Princess Diaries sequel. Actually, um, someone from work was. Uh, it took five minutes for me to realize that they thought that I meant the Princess Diaries instead of the Princess Bride. So at least one person in the entire planet, aside from me, thought that it was the Princess Diaries. No, he thought you were the talking about the diaries, which is kind of like if you talk about Star Trek, like if I talk about Star Wars and you think about Star Trek, because you're not actually listening to what I'm saying, you're just thinking of that one star movie. That's the kind of thing that was going on with your coworker. Um, not yeah, I was legitimately thinking that it's the sequel. Uh, yeah, that, it's very funny. Um, but that's not what I meant. What I meant was that it has Princess and Bride in the title. I am. A man, I can never watch this shit because it's a princess bride. It's clearly for stupid girls. And I'm like, get over it. Figure it out. Watch good movies. These things and what you just said that make me want to slap you. No, I'm just saying that girls are stupid. Exactly. That's my point. It's a great movie. Girls have great taste. Everything about that frame of uh, that thought process sucks. And see the princess bride. Because the Princess Bride is great, and yeah, it's it might be for girls or it might not be. I'm not sure who, who their target audience was because it's literally for everyone. And even if it was just for girls, who cares? Watch it anyway. It's great. It's clearly not just for girls. It's, it's clearly not just for girls. It's for everyone. I, as a kid, I thought that it wasn't at all targeted for girls because the woman, the one woman in it. It's so incredibly stupid. But Carrie Elwes is in it. Look at his head. Like the whole thing. It's designed to be sexy. Okay. Like he has that that voice, his hair. I'm sorry, what were we? Keep having 
have the context of you were an adult when you saw this because that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I was nine, so yeah. Also, Andre the Giant is in it. Like, they didn't have to do false perspective. He's really that tall. He really is that huge. Yeah. When when um when it was cold, he put his hand because his hand is warm, so he put his hand over the head of uh Buddy Wright of Robin Wright and um would warm her up like that. Oh god. Did you just call her Bonnie Wright? Yeah, and then I corrected myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I've never heard her called Bonnie Wright before. Like was that a mess up or is that like a nickname? No, it was a mess up because I think someone else, I think Ginny uh, Weasley is called Bonnie. But it okay. doesn't matter. What matters is that I can. I thought that was like a nickname for her or anything. Um, and now she's on House of Cards. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I was can... right. That, um, that is the name of Ginny's actress. So uh, Robin Wright, um, <laughs> that, there's tons of great stories. So once you see Princess Bride, if you haven't, which you probably have, let's be fair. Yeah, everybody's uh, seen. Everyone's seen it. Uh, yeah. But if you haven't, then see it and then read Carrie Ellis's book, um, Inconceivable uh, As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Princess Bride. Or so you can get the book, or you can get the audiobook. And the audiobook has all the actors and uh, directors and stuff writing. They they wrote the book, and so they came back for the audiobook to um, say their parts. Well, that's actually intriguing, and now I kind of want to hear it. Yeah, it's great because they, because um, Carrie Ellis basically uh, was asked to do a book um, documenting the tales of the Princess Bride and what happened on the set and stuff. And he's like, okay, cool, I can do that, I guess. I can't remember anything. And then as soon as he started writing, he's like, oh, it all flood back. It was great. All right. And this is a love fest. There's no like, there's no harsh truths on the Princess Bride set. Everyone loved each other. Yeah, they, um, so I, I remember watching like a documentary about it and, um, Rob Reiner had a hotel and like, they basically, everybody working on the movie was like staying and they took over this hotel and they had like every meal together. Like yeah. they were together the whole, like they were all together and they were all like, they all got along really well, which is why the movie worked so well because everybody had excellent chemistry both on and off screen. There's absolutely no harsh stories. The only, uh, the only harsh story, right? The only like deep cuts is when everyone thought that the other person w- is when uh, Carrie Elwes and uh, Wallace Shaw thought that the they they were going to get fired, and then it turns out that they weren't because everyone loves each other and everything's great. <laughs> Basically, it's like the movie itself was a fairy tale. Like, not just the movie, but, like, the making of the movie was a fairy tale situation. Exactly. And um, a few of the, and Carrie Ellis is, like, he's still got a career, but he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever for The Princess Bride. Have you seen The Princess Bride? That movie's great. He, by the way, injected some common sense when, in today's reboot culture, the studio that made it got the bright idea, ooh, let's reboot Princess Bride. His one tweet saved it. I love that tweet, by the way. I retweeted that. I liked it. I um, I should have had it framed and put on my wall. Okay, calm down. Um, he, <laughs> he said, there's a shortage of perfect films in this world. Would be a shame to damage one. <laughs> Which is, of course, a paraphrase, a rephrasing of the line, there's a shortage of perfect breasts, that he's, he tells Buttercup. 
it's so good um, because like the, it, it wasn't the studio as a whole. It wasn't greenlit. There was no plans. This one guy from a studio was like, yeah, we got stuff we can reboot like Princess Bride. And then the entire internet was like, fuck you. No, fuck off. And then, and then what's great is that the entire cast is like, no, fuck you, fuck off. And in unison, the internet was united all at once not to reboot The Princess Bride. Because if you give it a higher budget or uh, remake it or do anything, then a couple of things would happen. One, Buttercup would be better. And two, it would suck. Yeah, the, the, the main takeaway here is leave it alone. Yeah, leave it alone. It's fine. That it's fine. The, with Star Wars, just the leave it alone. At least Star Wars isn't being rebooted. It's a sequel, and you have um that series now. Oh, you think Star Wars hasn't been rebooted? They have a cartoon where they redid the scenes from the original trilogy, but they changed the way that it went down. So they managed to use the exact same lines, but they somehow made it so like okay. <clears throat> You know the scene in um, in Star Wars where um, she saves her like she's you know she's basically a couple of times she saves herself like they come to rescue her and she's like some rescuers you are you know and like the scene grabs the blaster and she shoots the hole and she's like go they reshot that to make Luke seem completely incompetent during that scene what like original scene she was already the savior. But the new Lucasfilm redid it, but they made Luke and Han just bumbling idiots. Wait, and I'm what are like, you talking about? There was no reason to do that. The, the, there's a cartoon. There's a cartoon. Um, I don't remember the name of it. Um, but they read like it's and it's canon now. It's a. I don't a, think it is. No, it is because it's from Disney. Oh, what Disney sucks though? Where they redo parts of the movie, but they make it like. And here's the thing. I when I saw the Force Awakens, I was uh-huh. like, you know, it's fine, and and everybody is like, oh, feminist agenda. I'm like, there's not a feminist agenda. It's just a female character. It's no big deal. And then I saw the Last Jedi, and I'm like, eh, I can kind of see it. But now they're intentionally like they're intentionally actually saying like, no, the Force is female, and they're rewriting what was already done, and in order to make Leia seem even more competent, which she was already, she saved herself in the original. And you they can't, make, you, you and can't just make the male characters stupid to make the female That's characters exactly clever. That's exactly what they did in this cartoon version. So that sounds annoying. Yeah, I haven't seen back, it. I'm probably not going to see it, to be fair. But we is. can't get into that right now. I So let's save that for next week. We'll talk about Disney's Star Wars, right? Yeah, we um, talk sequels, the sequel trilogy, which yeah. is only equal double for right now but rise of skywalker comes out in a couple weeks we will also talk about our anticipation level for rise of skywalker oh my god do i not give a shit yeah you're not supposed to spoil it fucker i just said we'll talk anticipation level not let's talk anticipation level but yeah but like as a teaser i still don't care about star wars even though Even though really? you made me, you really? made me watch all of Star Wars, and then you ended on the prequels. So the question is, will the Force Awakens make me give a shit about Star Wars again? Yes, but um, the answer is you do care about Star Wars because you gave a Star Wars joke from the prequels, which you claim to hate so much. I do you hate them. Reference Star Wars joke 
And I this point out that that's because you're a Star Wars fan. It's not because I am. I'm definitely not a Star Wars fan. Definitely not. Shut up. I completely believe you. That was entirely believable. Of all of the things that were believable, that's the most believable. All right. Uh, that's it. We're leaving. Um. <laughs> it's okay. The next time we talk, we will actually be talking Star Wars. Oh, yay. Fun, fun, anyway, fun. Uh, that was fun. Uh, if you want, so I, I do have to go. So let's wrap this up. So uh, social medias. Um, yes, all the ones that you're not on anymore. All the ones that I'm not on anymore. Go on. Uh, so we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We have a Facebook group if you would like to actually talk about the things that we say. Like you listen and you're like, hey, I like what they said. I don't like what they said. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> so all of the things. I'm pretty sure everything is Cinematic Adventures Pod at uh -huh. the thing. And uh, there's also, you know, we leave the link in the description. And on Twitter, it's still predominantly him because he likes to kick me out from time to time. Um, Just to fuck Facebook with you. And Instagram is me. Um, so come say hi. And uh, somebody might say hi back. Could happen. We can only hope. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I started to uh, say something about a new hope, like tying it back to Star Wars, just to drive you crazy. Mm. Anywho. All right. Listen to us next week. When you we think talk about Star Wars. Do you, think I'll be able to, do you think that after this, I'd be able to like Star Wars again? Because it would take a miracle. Bye, guys. Because <laughs> it would take a miracle. Uh, as you wish.